listening to Little Debbie, a bite-sized version of the podcast, Upcycling with Deb. I'm your host, Deb Colometta. I wrote a number one best-selling book called Best Offer, Best Life, and it teaches you how to leverage online yard sales to get the wealth that you want. I hope you'll get your free downloadable guide on my website, thedebsite.com. I've learned a lot from sitting through a full year of virtual schooling for my kids. Now, I have been teaching both hybrid and online and on-ground classes for almost eight years now at a, a great university here in Boston. And so I know a lot about the virtual learning environment. And I have to say, I was completely unprepared for what I've seen through my, my kids' classroom experience. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. I had always wanted to be a fly on the wall just to see how my son receives information and some of the things he would say to me. I was like, is it really happening that way? Yeah. Yes, it really is happening that way. And I got to see for myself what unfolds in the classroom. This is a valuable opportunity for me because it gives me the chance to kind of fill in the gaps when material isn't reaching him because of the way it's presented and maybe a different way. And I understand the teachers can't provide it in 25 different ways for 25 different students. But because I'm there, I'm able to answer the questions that maybe go unanswered because all the kids are in different locations. But one of the most important things that I've learned through this process, and there are many things that I've learned through this process, some of the things I wish I could unlearn, <laughs> but I can give you a few survival tactics for introverts in this virtual learning environment. One of the things that I love about teaching online myself as an instructor is that it really levels the playing field for my adult learners, my graduate students, because you don't have the opportunity to be the big mouth in class. You don't have the opportunity as much to buddy up to the teacher. It's all this virtual relationship. It's all through emails and written word and written communication. And it's not really as warm and fuzzy. So you're not going to get graded better because you have a winning personality and charming smile. So this is great for me because even somebody who has a disability or who can't get to class, online learning really makes it an even playing field for the learners in many regards. So in that way, I really enjoy it from my, my own teaching perspective. But it's a little different when you look at it with the synchronous classes that happen. When I do my consulting for teams who leverage virtual communication for remote teamwork, how do you build teams if you're not in the same building? Isn't that similar to a classroom? Isn't a class, in essence, a team working together to achieve a common goal? How can I take the techniques that I teach my professional clients and translate them into a child's classroom? Teachers have to remember to include the introvert. I can't tell you how many times when sharing the kitchen table with my son during the workday in the school day, 
I've overheard the kids who are trying to say an answer or be heard or give some kind of response and I can hear them, but the teacher cannot hear them. Whether it's because they've got too many kids talking at once or they're trying to read the chat, but I, I know that I hear some of the same voices always trying to get through and not being validated. But I also hear my son who knows the answer is trying to share it and he'll ask a question and it's like he's muted, that he's just not even being heard. In many cases, all of a sudden, I have to be like the stage mom saying, oh my God, just raise your hand or wave on the camera or click the button that says raise hand or write it in the chat, somebody somewhere. But he's introverted and it's not that he's shy, it's that he doesn't want to interrupt and he's got a question, but sometimes the teacher may have an agenda and they keep moving forward with it. And a lot of the kids are being left behind if they're not loud. So it's like the same kids who just interrupt and talk over the teacher. They're the ones that get heard because they're being extroverted. Well, what if you have a child who's introverted? And many studies show that introverts are excellent leaders because they're more thoughtful in their responses. They like to research things first. Those are obvious things that we know about, but it doesn't necessarily translate well in a virtual environment and sometimes not in a workplace environment where the person with the biggest mouth gets heard because they're the ones that are constantly talking, maybe just to hear themselves talk and put forth ideas. An introvert isn't like that. But sometimes if you don't put forth the idea, the assumption is you don't have any ideas because they're all locked up in your mind, which is the same as not saying anything. You could be daydreaming about what you're having for lunch. People don't know, unfortunately, unless you put it forward. I learned this lesson the hard way myself, in-person learning. <laughs> when I was in high school, uh, I took a very difficult class and I loved this particular subject. And it was uh, an honor to be part of this honors level class. And everything was going great until my report card came back and I got a C in participation. And I thought this was like total BS. And it was because I was engaged in the class. I was listening. I was participating. I was asking questions if I didn't understand. So the idea of being slapped with a C, I thought it was a mistake. So I went to see the teacher and, you know, he had some story about how I didn't participate and all that. And I went home and told my mom. And as I've mentioned in other podcasts, my mom and dad did not put pressure on me to get good grades at all. And they, you know, really didn't value the paper the report card was printed on in a way because they knew that it's all mostly subjective anyway. So um, they didn't put any pressure. But since my mom recognized that it was important to me, it was important to her. So she recommended that for the next term, I was to raise my hand and speak during the class at least two times every single class. And not only do that, but write it down. And that's exactly what I did. So when the teacher thought I was actually taking notes on the brilliant thing that he was saying, I was instead actually writing down the question I had asked and the date and then like half listening to the answer because I didn't really have a question. I just was asking a question for the sake of asking a question because that's how I was being graded. And the participation grade was like 50% of the grade because they wanted to encourage discussion in the class. But I'm an introvert. 
So I, I didn't want to raise my hand and interrupt if the person was giving the history lesson. I didn't want to interrupt. So I did that. I monitored how I was participating. Next time the report cards came out, got another C. So this time I was armed with data and I was able to approach the teacher and argued for a better participation grade. He said he wanted me to participate at least once per class. I participated every single class at least two times. That to me was basically proof that this guy really didn't like me. And that's an important lesson too. I think you should teach your kids that teachers are human beings. If you're putting forth the effort, you shouldn't be penalized because someone decides they don't like you. So I really appreciated my mother's strategy and we were able to overturn that grade. And the next term, he didn't pull that stunt and I kept participating. But it did annoy me to no end that I had to literally fake being an extrovert in order to get a good grade in the class. It seemed so unfair and it is so unfair. I want to make sure that the kids know that if there's a problem and they've been given a poor grade for participation, maybe they should be writing down how they've been participating. Take notes on it so that if there is a poor grade, you are able to dispute it. I want teachers to be aware of how they can involve the introverts how maybe you can ask a question and instead of looking for people, the same three kids' names who I hear every day (laughs) at my kitchen table, um, maybe instead you can have the kids write it in the chat so that you have a record of who's participating and it evens the playing field a little bit. So it's not just the loudest mouth who gets heard or you can ask them to use the raise your hand button or do polling within the course classroom. That's another way to make sure that kids are engaged and staying with you. Now, all of this can feel like I'm asking the teachers to do something extra, but in reality, it's the same thing. You just are asking for it to be given to you in a different format. Instead of saying, tell me, you say, type it or raise your hand or write it in your journal. And that's other ways we can get the introverts. Extroverts sometimes want to announce what they're doing. Um, I'm not like that. So I can really empathize with kids who feel like they're drowning and getting lost in the shuffle because they are getting lost in the shuffle. I tell my business clients, if you have an introvert or many in your meeting room, and studies show us that half of us are introverts, so there's a good chance you will, find more ways to engage them. You should do a round robin, which means you could go through the list alphabetically, have kids take turns, have your meeting participants take turns with providing answers to the question at hand or the agenda topic. And if people don't have an answer or don't have something to say, they can say pass, it's allowed. And you keep going through that until you exhaust all the questions. That's another way where the introverts have a little advance notice. They know the order of what's going on, what's going to happen and they can prepare their answer if they need to and not get nervous about when they're going to be called upon. You can ask clearing questions. Make sure that before you move on to another topic that you wait a few seconds and say, are there any other questions? 
or type them into the chat. You can assign one of the meeting participants or one of the kids to monitor the chat. So if there is an introvert who has a question but doesn't want to interrupt the flow of the meeting leader or the teacher, they can write it into the chat. And then one of the student monitors or meeting monitors can collect those questions and at their appropriate time, interject and put them forth to whoever is leading the session. Some of these things we can do inside the classroom, even when we're outside of an, a virtual environment. The thing about virtual meetings that I always relate to my clients is that a virtual meeting requires the same etiquette and the same level of involvement as an in-person meeting. The difference is in a virtual setting, poor meeting habits are augmented and magnified many, many times. So if you tend to call on the same people, or if you have gotten in the habit of going through agenda items too quickly, or you don't ask questions, you don't pause and ask for questions, you don't acknowledge the people who are participating remotely, whether you're in an in-person meeting or a meeting where everybody's remote, it's going to lead to a poor meeting outcome, a poor meeting experience. And you're probably going to end up having the same meeting over and over again, because people are zoning out, you're not keeping people engaged. There are a number of reasons why it just doesn't work and you have less effective meetings. This translates into the classroom because if you're just kind of rolling ahead and you've lost some of the kids and you don't even know, then it's not an effective educational environment. These are all simple and easy habits that can be implemented. They don't take any extra effort or any extra money. It's one way we can make sure we're being inclusive of all the diverse answers that can be gotten by gleaning the participation from all of the students and all of the meeting participants. Thanks for listening to this episode of Little Debbie, a bite-sized version of the podcast Upcycling with Deb. I'm your host, Deb Colometta. You can reach me on Facebook and Instagram at Deb Colometta. I hope you'll get your free downloadable guide on my website, thedebsite.com.